Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? It's Monday and everything is perfect. So good to be here with you, baby. (laughs) <laughs> okay, here you go. Everything Mondays. Mondays are always early for me. I yeah. do Fox and Friends. Ah. Hey, I had an inter- interesting interaction in an airport. Uh-huh. I want to tell you about at the beginning of the show, folks, in uh, in LaGuardia Airport over at the JetBlue terminal. And I want to open up the show with that because it's important and it speaks to the political schism of our time. Huh. And I think the Trump effect and a lot of it. Yeah, don't don't miss this. And I want to get to some other stuff as well. Brennan is completely finished. John Brennan, CIA former CIA hack and political operator, <laughs> um, is done. Uh, and I'm going to get to that too. So don't go anywhere. Today's show brought to you by buddies at Blinkist. Hey, I love Blinkist. Listen, the list of best-selling books you want to read is endless. You, you're never going to get to them all. If you're like me, the books people suggest to you and you want to read is never-ending, and it's always expanding. It never stops. You simply don't have the time to read them all. Our sponsor, Blinkist, has solved your long list of must-reads once and for all. Blinkist is the only app that takes thousands of the best-selling nonfiction books and distills them down to their most impactful elements. So you can read or listen to them in under 15 minutes. Think about all that knowledge on your phone. I like to listen in my car. You know, you plug your phone in into the car dash and you're listening and getting all of the knowledge and all these books. They're impactful elements like that. With Blinkist, you'll explain, expand your knowledge and learn more in just 15 minutes that you can than you can in almost any other way. Plus, you can listen anywhere. The Blinkist uh, library is massive and growing. Some of my personal recommendations, Nassim Taleb books, um, they, they, really, the the, the Joe's a book I used to talk about with Joe all the time. Oh, yeah. I used to drive him crazy. Uh, Blinkist is constantly curating and adding new titles from the best of lists, so you're always getting the most powerful ideas in a made-for-mobile format. Five million people are using Blinkist to expand their minds 15 minutes at a time. Get started today. Hey, successful people. Read a lot of books. This is not a mystery. Check out Blinkist right now for a limited time. Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash Dan. To start your free seven-day trial, that's Blinkist, spelled Blink, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash Dan to start your free seven-day trial. Blinkist.com slash Dan. Don't miss out. All right. All right. So first, I was in a, an airport coming back from Fox. Many of you saw. Sorry about Friday, by the way. I was supposed to host for Hannity, but uh, Jason Chaffetz was in, uh-huh. and we didn't know if he'd get there in time, so I actually didn't host. Chaffetz was there, uh, so I got a lot of emails on it. It wasn't like some big conspiracy or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, so I flew home early Saturday morning, and I'm at the JetBlue terminal, and I'm talking to this guy uh, who who knows a family member of mine, a really nice guy, and he's a laborer. He's an electrician. And I was chatting with him, and he said something to me that was um, really powerful, kind of shook me a bit. After about 10 minutes into the conversation, he was there with his wife, he was taking a vacation. He said to me, you know, uh, I'm an electrician, and uh, he said, I go back sometimes, and I wish I would have done things differently. He had some other aspirations, and it was more of a creative field in the artistic sense. Hmm. So in other words, he's a... Very talented guy. Electricians are very talented laborers. They're hard workers. I mean, you screw up, as I said to the guy, you screw up an electric job, you can burn down someone's house. These guys have to be really smart. Women out there do that as well. But he got me thinking, and I said to him, you know, why why would you say that? I said, why would you want anything to be different? And and ladies and gentlemen, listen, I'm not here to to plant the lips on the backsides of anyone out there. I'm not looking for like votes from laborers. I'm not running for office uh-huh. again ever. Um, that's not the purpose of this. I just, I said to him, did you ever see the movie Seven Days and Entebbe? 
It's a really good movie. I liked it. It's it's a movie about this hijacking by these revolutionary idiots who hijacked the plane, these terrorist jerkwads, and they took the plane to Entebbe in Africa. And they held it there. And, if, you know, you don't mess with the Israelis. And the Israelis landed their, landed their own counter-terror uh, force in Entebbe in the, on the African airfield mm-hmm. uh, in Uganda and wiped out a lot of these terrorists and saved almost all the hostages. Well, there were some casualties, but very few. And there's a line in the movie Seven Days in Entebbe where one of the pilots who's on the plane, who's obviously hijacked, they're stuck in this airfield in Uganda because these revolutionaries won't let him go. They have a, a plumbing clog in the facility they're all being held in. They were there for days. Mm. And the bathrooms don't work. So the pilot, the hijacked pilot, happens to be a plumber also. So he goes upstairs with this revolutionary jerkwad terrorist. And he unclogs this, this pipe. And the you know the 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 erudite uh, revolutionary Joe citing all these manifestos and all this yes. other stuff <laughs> is looking at him, yeah. And the pilot looks at him in disgust as he's unclogging this pipe because he knows how to be a plumber too. And he says, "I'll take fifty revolutionaries for every one plumber." Gosh, I love that line. To all you laborers out there, carpenters, electricians, steam fitters, rail workers, tradesmen, knockers, tradesmen, truckers, this world works because of you. No, no, works like literally works. This world works and things and buildings function and waters t- water turns on and air conditioning turns on and cars roll down the streets and products are brought to market because of you. Not a bunch of journalistic, ugh, it's a, trying to keep this as family friendly as possible. Yeah. Not a bunch of journalism zeros and losers and a bunch of Hollywood dipshits who play make-believe for a living. The the farmers out there toiling in their fields in 80, 90 degree heat that produce the food people eat. It's the HVAC guys who allow you to work in a comfortable environment in a building so you're not sweating to death. The building exists because a bunch of laborers and electricians built the damn thing. This was a nice guy. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, you, mm-hmm. I'm not using him as a bad example. I'm just saying you need to be proud of what you do. The Trump revolution, the revolution happening all across the world right now. We just saw an election in Ukraine where a guy got an office who's a total outsider. He was a comedian because they're tired of establishment elites, academics, Hollywood idiots, singers out there, and liberal lunatics at think tanks telling us how the world works because they wrote about it in a book. You built it. The world works because your hands built it. The plumbers out there put the pipes in the building so you could use a bathroom and not get sick from crap sanitation they have in the third world. No journalism guy built that. He doesn't even know how a toilet bowl flushes. No, I'm not kidding. That's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what the journalists go, plumbers, uh, they deal with they deal with human waste all day. You are human waste journalists who, who lie to people all the time. 
the liars. There's some good journalists out there, too. I don't want to be overly dramatic. There's some people serving an important function of truth. But these liars out there and these hacks who destroyed our political process for two years, making up a myth, fairy tale about this collusion thing. You're telling me these people are more valuable to society than you? You, The society functions because of you and your labor and your knowledge. The truckers out there at 3 and 4 in the morning barely stay awake driving their products all over the world. Everything from TV remote controls to the food you eat. It's because of you that the world works. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I don't mean to go on this long-winded rant, but I... I, I, I I've had the distinct pleasure and honor of living on many sides of the socioeconomic spectrum. Yeah. My wife too, who's a, you know, I love to death. who was an immigrant to this country who grew up poor, like actual poor. I'm not talking about like our American definition of poor, which at times globally be relatively speaking is not real poverty. Like people in third, in the third world, who are eating out of dumpsters in Venezuela right now. But my wife grew up legit poor. I grew up poor by American standards at many times when we lived above a bar. Not all, I don't want to be dramatic about my situation or anything like that. But it's just really exhausting having seen that now being on the, on the high end of the socioeconomic scale, just due to our income, which I'm, I, I never lie to people. I don't apologize for having a successful show or having worked hard to put it together. But I've experienced both sides. You know, I worked in a cemetery cleaning mausoleums mm-hmm. in a supermarket and key food stocking shelves. Yeah. I know what that's like. Delivering newspapers as a kid. It's been Armacost's entire life. Yeah. So does my wife. My wife tells me this story all the time. We used to work in the U.S. Open. I did crowd control at a tennis tournament. We'd have to throw people out who got rowdy, which usually mm-hmm. wasn't a problem at the tennis tournament. You know, <laughs> it yeah, wasn't yeah, a hockey yeah. game. There weren't many rowdy, although that's where I broke my hand, ironically. Um, That's a whole other story for another day. Uh, Joe knows how my hand broke. Um, That happened at the USO. My wife was cutting onions all day. She she hated that job. She liked it, but she hated it. She was crying all day, and it wasn't because she was watching some TV melodrama. We we get it. Like uh, That's why when I see cops and military people, and I see this guy in the airport who was a total gentleman, and so was his wife, and they say things to me like, oh, I wish my career would have taken a different path. I think, no, no. Why, why would you think that? You know, I, I did manual labor. But I got to tell you, I, I couldn't be an electrician. I, I would. You want to talk about a guy who'd burn my house? Joe, remember when we built our stu- original podcast studio in the basement yeah. of my Severna Park house? You remember that? Yeah, sure. Please tell the audience. And he's not kidding. I'm not doing this to be funny. How incompetent am I with a drill? Well, uh... <laughs> You started beating on nails with it, so. Thank you. Thank you. I cannot, I I admire you all, men and women out there, so much. And I say that from the bottom of my heart. This show is for you. It's not for the academic elites. And I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't do facts and data and engage in rigorous intellectual exercises when there's evidence to be proven or disproven on economics or healthcare. No, we do that a lot here. But this show is for you. This show was never designed for think tank lunatics who write books about how toilet bowls work and don't even know how to fix a clog in one. They don't even understand how the little buoy in the tank works. What's that there for? I don't know, dude. You wrote about it in a book. What's it there for? 
Have you ever like gone out to a pool pump or an air conditioning unit or anything and said, hey, how does this work? No, but I wrote about it in a book. Nobody cares. Can you actually fix the damn thing? You mean there isn't really a tidy bowl man? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, their stuff deserves to be flushed down the tidy there bowl. But no, they aren't. I'll take the tidy bowl man, the whirlpool guy. Remember the old whirlpool guy in the commercial? <laughs> Granted, he was an actor, but give me him. Give me the, the termite inspector that comes to my house. No, I'm serious. Gary, he's a good dude. Mm -hmm. He works hard. Those are the people. That's who did. I, I don't think I've ever laid out on my show a more clear BHAG. What's a, a BHAG is a big, hairy, audacious goal. It's a business school term. It's one of the few things I took out of it I really, really remembered. But that has always been my audacious goal for this show. It's for you. I don't need to have some other people's million people audience and to water down my content. We have a huge audience. We're number two or three on any given day in conservative podcasts. I am totally cool with impacting that group of people, the people who built this place, the truckers, the carpenters, the electricians, and the farmers. I am more than content with this being the show for you than being accepted by a bunch of journalism idiots who wouldn't know their ass from their elbow mm -hmm. if they saw it. This show is for the dude in the airport who built this world. It works because of you. You should be proud of that, and your kids should be proud of you. I'm dead serious. You do not want to be one of these make-believe Hollywood actor lunatics who may die rich and wealthy, but have had zero impact on this world other than keeping people entertained who were bored on a weekend and put on Netflix. Netflix works because you built it. Yeah, that's right. What are you talking about? I didn't build the software code. No, no. That electricity gets to a house because some electrician put it there. Netflix doesn't work on battery power. You did that. should be very proud of it. And those people come with scars. Oh, yeah. Joe and I both have them, and so does my wife. Mm. And so does that guy. And I mean physical, mental scars, and you make mistakes along the way. But I'm going to leave it with that line from Entebbe. One plumber is worth 50 revolutionaries and is worth a thousand journalists. Go see the movie. You'll remember that line now. It's a powerful, powerful line. Okay. Um, moving on. I got a lot of content to get to. So there was a just another unimaginable attack on Christians in Sri Lanka this week. Our Christian brothers and sisters, our human brothers and sisters, most importantly. Mm -hmm. And how are the liberals, and led by unbelievably Barack Obama, how are they covering this attack on Christians in Sri Lanka? Put up this tweet. This is Barack Obama's tweet. This is unreal. The attack on tourists and Easter worshipers in Sri Lanka are an attack on humanity. On a day devoted to love, redemption, and renewal, we pray for the victims and stand with the people of Sri Lanka. The attack on tourists and Easter worshippers? You mean Christians? You know, ladies and gentlemen, when that beyond disturbing, I mean, I can't think of the adjectives to describe that attack in New Zealand on Muslims. Not Muslim holiday worshippers, Muslims, human beings. 
who were murdered mm-hmm. on a GoPro cam. Oh, sorry, I'm not. I, I shouldn't say GoPro. I, someone told me last time, and you're right. I, I don't like it. I'm not even sure it was a go on a camera because right. I don't want to even associate them with this horrendous. And he was right. Yeah. On a video camera, murdered, murdered, helpless people on the ground, murdered. Me and Joe were obviously, as human beings, horrified with this attack. Horrified. These were Muslims who were killed. Videotaped on the ground, helpless, being shot to death. Ladies and gentlemen, these were Christians who were attacked in Sri Lanka because they were Christians. They were not Easter worshipers like they were there on some tourist operation. These were worshipers of Jesus Christ on the most important, significant weekend day of the Christian calendar. Yep. The day we believe Jesus Christ rose from the dead. They're not Easter worshipers, man. Gosh, you were the former president of the United States. Lead from the front on this. I bring this up because it just goes back to this constant far-left messaging game about everything. Even disgusting, horrifying, abhorrent attacks on human life. They're not Easter worshipers. They're Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, who were killed in cold blood in a horrifying, grotesque way. Easter worshipers, man, like it's some kind of like circus they were in town for. It's really unbelievable, Joe. I'm telling you, I, I can't. I, I'm with you, brother. I know. I, I, I know. I know you and I are on the right side. I know it. Yeah. You, me, Paula, and I know this audience. I know we were on the right side of this culture war going on. I know it. Because neither Joe nor I is any problem after that New Zealand attack, any problem whatsoever, calling out people who would attack innocent Muslims praying. None. Mm. Zero. There is no conflict in my head at all. Clearly, there's a conflict on the left when that attack happens to Christians. Come on, guys. I mean, come on. Can we... Can we uh, can, Forget it. I mean, seriously, go on all day about this. All right. I want to get to this Brennan stuff uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a minute here because this is... The tides are about to turn, ladies and gentlemen. We are rapidly moving from the collusion hoax, which is now entirely, completely discredited. This is now a 100% hoax. We know that. We are now moving into a transition into phase two, which is turning the spotlights on the Democrats and highlighting their government malfeasance and their weaponization of the intelligence and law enforcement community under the Obama administration. And it's moving fast. We now have even left-leaning journalists who've tried to kind of uh, parlay their journalism status as being mainstream when they're really left-leaning like Bob Woodard. Um, Bob Woodard is even starting to turn on this a little bit. And there was some interesting commentary this weekend by Woodard about an explosive revelation he has that Rand Paul uh, also brought up about John Brennan. All right, I'm going to get to that in a second. Let's... um show has to be paid for. We got great sponsors, but this is important. All right. Today's show also brought to you by buddies at Teeter. I just got off my Teeter before the show. This is the world leader in inversion tables. Yeah. You want yet that it gives you like a teeter high when you get off it. I love that. I use this product twice a day before the show to clear my head and after my workouts when I'm nice and loose. I can't say enough about the teeter inversion table. Use gravity in your own body to decompress your spine and relieve pressure on your discs and surrounding nerves. 
decompressing on a teeter inversion table for a few minutes a day is a great addition to anyone's daily routine, certainly is to mine, to maintain a healthy spine and active lifestyle without the pain. If you have back pain, even if you've been lucky enough to avoid back pain, you need a teeter to invert every day and keep your back and joints healthy. I feel like a new man when I get off it. I love my teeter uh, inversion table. It's good for my shoulders too. It lets my shoulders hang loose. Some products I talk about I use regularly. Teeter I use twice a day, every day. Over 3 million people have put their trust in Teeter. Matter of fact, when I travel on the road in hotel rooms, there's no Teeter there. I always go down to the gym and see if they have an inversion, and they, a lot of them don't. It's disappointing. They're the best known name in inversion tables since 1981. For a limited time, you can get Teeter's brand new 2019 upgraded model of the inversion table. The Teeter fits spine with bonus accessories, stretch max handles, and an easy reach ankle system. So easy to use and put together. Plus a free inversion program mat with 24 illustrated stretches and exercises. Teeter inversion tables have thousands of five-star reviews uh, on Amazon. They're rated 4.6 stars now. And with this deal, you'll get $150 off when you go to teeter.com slash Dan. Get free shipping, free returns, a 60-day money-back guarantee. There's no risk for you to try it out. Remember, you can only get the new 2019 Teeter Fitspine inversion table plus a free inversion program mat by going to teeter.com slash Dan. That's T-E-E-T-E-R.com slash Dan Teeter. Dot com slash Dan. Check it out. You won't regret it. Let's go. There you go. I appreciate that, Joe. Yeah. Joe is Joe just did something there. I don't know if you caught that. You regular listeners know. <laughs> Joe has a unique knack. I did not tell him how he was going to open this show. And he has a unique knack for putting in those sound bites Thank when you. we're not in a deeply emotional time. I caught that. I I usually do that, but you waited there. My man. That's, you're a savvy guy, Joe. Yeah, you are. See, Joe didn't write about that in a book. Joe's an actual <laughs> producer who, by dealing with people, understands it. All right, let's get to Brennan first. So there's a piece up in the Washington Examiner about uh, Bob Woodard, who, again, is a left-leaning journalist. And he comes out this weekend, Washington Examiner, Daniel Chaden. Here's the headline of the piece. Bob Woodard, Steele dossier, appeared in draft of U.S. intel assessment on Russian meddling. How, wait, wait, what? What? How the heck is that? Dude. How did that happen? I thought John Brennan told us. I got this video of Brennan. I'm going to play it in a second. I, if, if John Brennan is saying that, to, to, let's set this up so you understand where we're going. Uh, Bob Woodard is now saying that the fake dossier, right? The fake dossier appeared in an initial version of the January 2017 intelligence community assessment indicating that the Russians were uh, trying to impact our election. Remember that? The 17 intel agencies all agree. Remember that January 2017 assessment? Brennan is now, or Woodard is saying that Brennan, head of the CIA, had that included in the original ICA, intelligence community assessment. 17 agencies agree. Wait, how's that? If it came out in January of 2017, how would they have vetted that dossier in time if Brennan said this to Trey Gowdy up on Capitol Hill? Here's a clip. Do you know who commissioned the Steele dossier? I don't. Did the CIA rely on it? No. Why not? Because we we didn't. We, it wasn't part of the corpus of intelligence uh, information that we had. It was not in any way used as a basis for the intelligence community assessment that was done. Ooh, busted liar. <laughs> I, I, love, I had a bunch of versions of that, but the Tucker one's always the best. Uh, the, I, I gotta love Tucker. Uh, Joe, am I... <laughs> As the audience on Budgeman, am I reading this wrong? Okay, so yeah. Bob Woodard of, of uh, Watergate fame has a source telling him now 
that Brennan's CIA used the dossier in the intelligence community assessment. Mm. And some intelligence professionals later on had it taken out. Mm-hmm. But you just watched the same cut I did, yeah. Joe. Yeah. Um, Brennan just clearly said that it played no role whatsoever, right? Did I miss that? Well, he he did. He said that not whatsoever. He did. Thank you. So those stories cannot possibly be true. No. Now, making it even worse, I go on with Brennan cuts all day, but I played them so often on the show, um, I wanted to make sure I got a good amount of commentary <laughs> in. Brennan also said many times on the record, that he only saw the dossier in December of 2016. Now, the date on that footage there is May of 2017. So in May of 2017, Brennan is now lying again, saying the January 2017 intelligence community assessment that 17 agencies think the Russians uh, tried to help Donald Trump and win the election. Brennan can't, his stories can't possibly be true. On one hand, he's saying... The dossier had nothing to do with it. Woodard's sources and Rand Paul's sources, by the way. Rand Paul, we played that cut about two or three weeks ago. Rand Paul's sources are telling him the same thing, that Brennan wanted the dossier included. So somebody's lying here. Making matters even worse, let's say it's Brennan that's lying, and I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts that it is Brennan who is categorically lying because Brennan Mm. started this whole thing, right? I'm sure of it. He's the puppet master in this. Making it even worse, if Brennan's second version of the story is true, that he only saw the dossier in December of 2017, Mm -hmm. then how did Brennan have this thing vetted in time? How could he have possibly had this vetted in time to include it in the January of 2017 ICA? In other words, even if his story is true, which it's not, Mm -hmm. that he first sees the dossier in December of 2016, And he wants it included in an assessment that's ongoing and is released in January of 2017. Mm -hmm. How does Brennan get it, see it for the first time, and within days or just weeks have the thing entirely vetted to include in a January of just a month later a report put out to the the public so they can read it? Ladies and gentlemen, this guy is so full of crap. He has lied under oath. He is in a world of trouble. I'm telling you, the tables are slowly turning, and these people will be held accountable. They are documented liars. Brennan's story can't possibly be true. You either did, the dossier either played no role whatsoever, or it was, you pushed it into the ICA, the intelligence community assessment. Mm. Now, from the Washington Examiner piece I just cited by uh, uh, Dan Chayden, there's some interesting lines in there. Re- Senator Rand Paul said he was told by former, uh, he was told former CIA Director John Brennan, quote, insisted the dossier be included in the report. Hold on a second. Here, leave that up. Why? Well, th- that's not what he told us. <laughs> Brennan just said it played no role whatsoever. This is from Rand Paul, breaking. High-level source tells me it was Brennan who insisted that the unverified and fake steel dossier be included in the intelligence report. Brennan should be asked to testify under oath in Congress ASAP, Paul tweeted. Now, going on, Bob Woodard also wrote that Brennan's endorsement of the dossier in his book, Fear, quote, the sources that Steele used for his dossier had not been polygraphed, which made their information uncorroborated and potentially suspect, Woodard wrote in the book last year. But Brennan said the information, this is key, 
was in line with their own sources in which he had great confidence. What sources, Joe? What sources did Brennan have to confirm the dossier he said he didn't use, although he used in the ICA? Mm. Are you getting confused with the lies? Mm -hmm. Brennan, we didn't use the dossier. Sources, Brennan used the dossier. Brennan, I never saw the dossier. Also, Brennan, I saw the dossier and we confirmed it with our own sources. What story is true? The answer is the story that's not Brennan's. Brennan had the dossier the whole time, of course. And claims he corroborated with other sources, Joe, that have never, ever surfaced. We have never seen these other sources. Well... Now, we do have an idea about who those other sources are. Hmm. Remember that story I put out a long time ago where Bob Hannigan, who is the British NSA director, it's called the GCHQ, but it's the equivalent of our NSA. Bob Hannigan flies over in the summer of 2016. The summer, not December, Joe. Remember Brennan? I saw the dossier in December for the first time, and we never used it for anything. Anything. You're a liar. You are a liar, dude. Bob Hannigan, the British intel guy, GCHQ head, flies over to meet with Brennan personally in the summer of 2016. Now, does it make sense, folks? Mm. Hannigan... Christopher Steele, former British intel guy. These people all know each other. This was an ongoing operation. Listen to me. It's documented, well documented, my second book I'm putting together right now, Exonerated, which again, I deeply appreciate you all supporting the book. You can pre-order it now. But this is all going to be laid out. How the British and our friendly intelligence partners circumvented U.S. law by working with U.S. partners like Brennan to gather information on American citizens, which in order to money launder it, in this case, information launder it, they had to send back to friendlies to wash back into the United States in the form of a dossier. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, Brennan knew about this the whole time. He's a liar and everybody knows he's a liar. He's a documented liar. He's a fraud. All right, speaking of frauds, um, I got more here. Uh, Adam Schiff, who just cannot seem to get out of his own way. I was on Fox and Friends this morning. And what Schiff's doing is he's marshalling the new Democrat strategy. And the strategy is to work with their fellow Democrat operative, Bob Mueller. Um, I'm serious. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, with all due respect to the man's service to the country and the military, that I I appreciate that. That does not absolve you the responsibility to do the right thing in your professional life later. Bob Mueller has done an enormous disservice to this country with this, to quote Mark Levin, Uh, The Mueller report, which is basically, Joe, a New York Times 400-page op-ed, screed against Donald Trump, which says nothing about criminal activity at all. There you go. It's basically an op-ed about suspicious contacts that are in no way suspicious. But Schiff is going to parrot the company line now. Schiff has been insisting for months, 
for months, Adam Schiff, sleazy Democrat congressman from uh, California, that he has direct evidence of a conspiratorial arrangement to collude to impact the election between the Trump team and the Russians. He has been suggesting that for months, Joe, he has evidence of what the Bob Mueller report would call an agreement, an agreement between the Trump team and the Russians. Mm to impact the election in a negative fashion in an effort to subvert the will of the people. No evidence of that has ever, ever emerged. Ever. Yet Schiff will not let it go. Here is a Schiff on Fox News Sunday request Chris Wallace being held to the fire on this where's your evidence, dude, and watch the spin by this slimy dirtbag Schiff. Chairman, you've been leading the charge for more than a year that President Trump and his campaign colluded with the Russians to interfere in the 2016 election. Here are just a few examples. This is about as clear evidence you could find of intent by the campaign to collude with the Russians, to get useful information from the Russians. I think there's plenty of evidence of collusion or conspiracy in plain sight. I did say that there is ample evidence, and indeed there is, uh, of collusion of people in the Trump campaign with the Russians. But, sir, let's look at what the Mueller report found, and I want to put it up on the screen. Volume 1, pages 1, 2, and 5. We understood coordination to require an agreement, tacit or express, between the Trump campaign and the Russian government on election interference. The investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. Mr. Chairman, the special counsel did not find the kind of coordination that you said was there. Uh, Chris, as you know, uh, and I wish you had played the rest of some of those clips, I went on to say that whether that collusion, that evidence of collusion, rises to proof beyond reasonable doubt of the crime of conspiracy was a different question. Uh, and indeed, that distinction is made in the opening pages of the Mueller report. So when the president and his allies repeat this mantra of no collusion, they clearly haven't read or ignoring the plain language of the report, where Bob Mueller says uh, two things. He says, we're not going to look into the question of whether it's collusion. That's a common uh, lay term uh, that can be criminal or non-criminal conduct. We're going to look at the crime of conspiracy. And on that issue, Bob Mueller says something else that I've been saying frequently, which is the fact that you may not be able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt a cr criminal conspiracy doesn't mean that there's an absence of evidence of crime. <laughs> Dude, there is no evidence of a crime. None. Whoa. What the Mueller report does and what this lunatic is run with is a series of innocuous, innocent, sometimes, you know, not so advisable contacts with Russians, but in no way criminal or even remotely criminal. And Bob Mueller spins it into this Russian spy novel yarn this absurd, outrageous fairy tale in an effort. You, I've now that I'm done with this thing, the Mueller report. I found a bunch of nuggets in there. He's basically writing an op-ed for the New York Times about how he doesn't like Donald Trump and how contacts with Russians are a bad thing, despite the fact that there's no evidence anything happened was criminal at all. So now Schiff, instead of saying, um, I have evidence of the crime, he's now saying, oh, there's evidence of collusion, but collusion's a lay term. Ladies and gentlemen, 
The real collusion is with the Clinton campaign that actually colluded with Russians who produced disinformation in a dossier the Clinton team bought and had hijacked into our DOJ system, into a FISA court, which the Obama team used to spy on Trump. That is the real collusion scandal to anyone with their eyes open. Now, what the Mueller team does in the report is devastating. It's devastating to our justice system, and it will be forever a stain on the reputation of Bob Mueller. Kim Strassel has an interesting piece up in the Wall Street Journal. Kim is one of the more sober minds on this. Yeah, Kim. Uh, Kim and Andy McCarthy, they've been Andy. open to both sides. Yeah, she's done. She really deserves a Pulitzer for this. She has a piece up in Potomac Watch in the World, uh, Wall Street Journal today. Mueller's report speaks volumes. What's in the special counsel findings is almost as revealing of what's left out. I was talking about this last week. I'm not taking credit for her work or anything, but people who studied this case obviously are along the same lines of thinking. Inside the piece, she has uh, a couple of interesting little snippets in there that are fascinating. Here's one of them. She says, note as well what isn't in the Mueller report. It makes only passing bland references to the genesis of so many of the accusations Mr. Mueller probed. The infamous dossier produced by Fusion GPS and paid for by Hillary. How do you exonerate Mr. Page without delving into the scandalous Moscow deeds of which he was falsely accused? How do you narrate an entire section on the July 2016 Trump Tower meeting without noting that Ms. Veselnitskaya was working alongside Fusion? How do you detail every aspect of the Papadopoulos accusations while avoiding any detail of the curious and suspect ways that those accusations came back to the FBI via Australia's Alexander Downer? Yes, Strassel nails it here. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, what Mueller does to be crystal clear in this report is he writes about a bunch of non-criminal interactions with people, Russian and otherwise. He writes about them and he leaves out any damning information that connects to the Democrats, making it seem that the accumulation of a bunch of innocent accusations. I heard this called, uh, what did Greg Gutfeld call it, the laundry list fallacy on the five this week? And it's a mm. great, he's right. How Joe, you if you can't produce evidence that there was any actual crime by the Trump team, right. just produce a bunch of innocent accusations in a laundry list yeah. that makes it seem so overwhelming that there must have been a crime. In other words, there was a bank robbed in Joe's community. Yeah. Joe lives in that community. Joe went to that bank a week before. Joe has an account in that bank. Oh. Joe just uh, $1,000 just appeared in his account. Oh. None of this is evidence that Joe robbed the bank, but it's a laundry list of reasons if you wanted to impugn Joe's character that he, Joe, may have robbed the bank. Well, did he rob it? No, no, he didn't rob it. Well, why are you telling me all this stuff? Because it's evidence that he may have robbed it. But did he rob it? No, no, other guys robbed it. So why are you telling me this again? This is non-evidence. Yeah. This is anti-evidence. But Adam Schiff keeps saying, this is all evidence of a, a, a conspiracy to attempt to collude. Jesse Waters said it best when I was on Waters World with him this Friday. Mm. He said, Bob Mueller in his report invents a new standard of justice, Joe. This was a great line. Not, not guilty of attempted obstruction. <laughs> <laughs> I said to Jesse, after break, I go, that's a great line. I may have to yeah. steal that. He... And he's not not guilty, Trump, of attempted obstruction. What is that? Either there's evidence that Trump's team committed this crime or not. And Mueller's report is clear. There's no, no they couldn't fabricate it. They couldn't find it.
So what does he do instead of Mueller doing the right thing? And this is where I object to some of the criticisms of my commentary. There was this guy, this goofball at Talking Points Memo, who's always like taking pot shots at me. I'm not even going to say his name. He's not worthy of a spot on my show. I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound pretentious, but he's not. <laughs> uh, we put hard work at this show. Yeah. But he writes in the piece, how's Dan Bongino going to reconcile the fact that he accepts Mueller's conclusions, but thinks the report is garbage? Is that not obvious? Mueller's conclusions were based on Mueller's failure to find any evidence of a crime. Mueller's not going to... Guys, ladies, for however much I object to Mueller's ridiculous report and his absurd investigation that should have been wrapped up on day one, Mueller's not dumb, Joe. He's not going to fabricate evidence. Mm. He's not. He would have been outed in a heartbeat, telling people, make a false statement and I'll I'll give you $1,000. He's not stupid. Mueller's report vindicated Trump because Trump vindicated and exonerated himself because none of the stuff Mueller was investigating, Joe, happened. Mueller can't go back to the future or back to the past, you know, using the uh, Michael J. Fox DeLorean and fabricate a case that didn't happen. Mueller did not exonerate Trump. Trump did. Therefore, I accept Mueller's conclusions because Mueller didn't exonerate Trump. Trump did. I also accept the fact that the report is worded horribly to ignore Hillary Clinton's significant, potentially criminal interactions with Trump, uh, with um, with the people who impacted the Trump team, stealing them on the Russian side. When I say criminal, I mean potential leaks and everything from the Bureau and elsewhere. Right, the right. trafficking and information handed to them by Russians mm-hmm. not counted as a campaign donation. Ignoring all of that in favor of repeatedly telling a story about Papadopoulos, Trump Tower, Michael Cohen, and their contacts with Russians, which were not evidence of a crime. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you because there's one more angle on this I caught this week and the Washington Examiner picked up on it too. Uh, finally, today's show brought to you by our buddies at Law Shield. Listen, as a responsible gun owner, take your safety and security of yourself and your loved ones seriously. I know I do. That's why I have Law Shield. I love Law Shield. If you're a concealed carry permit uh, holder, this is this is a must-have. Here's the one thing you probably didn't know. There's a number of situations that may appear perfectly harmless, but for the gun owner, they can have dire consequences. For instance, do you know how to prevent an innocent traffic stop from turning deadly if you're carrying? Do you know the life-saving steps you need to take if a relaxing afternoon at the park, God forbid, turns into a horrifying active shooter incident? And do you know the five scary reasons why even law-abiding gun owners need to fear the legal system that's supposed to be there to protect them? Even though I'm an avid concealed carrot permit holder, these questions and more used to keep me up at night till I discovered my friends at Law Shield. I was happy to take them on as a sponsor. I'm a proud member of U.S. Law Shield because they provide the nation's leading education for and defense of law-abiding gun owners like you and I. And for a very limited time, they're giving you five defender reports with a combined value of $100 completely free. Simply go to uslawshield.com slash Dan right now to get your free set. The special guides answer the questions I just mentioned, as well as many others. Just as vital education every gun owner can't live without. If you're carrying and you don't have U.S. Law Shield, you're making a mistake. Make sure you go to uslawshield.com slash Dan right now to get these five reports valued at $100 completely free. Again, that's uslawshield.com slash Dan. Check it out. Okay. Folks, what's going on here, again, is there an attempt in the Mueller report to tell this 
spy novel in op-ed form about Russian context with the Trump team while leaving out the Democratic context. Here's a couple examples, because I'm going to pile on one more I uncovered this weekend. They talk about Papadopoulos and his contacts with Mifsud and Mifsud's detailed relationship with the Russians, mm-hmm. leaving out completely Mifsud's connections to Western intelligence agencies and the potential that Papadopoulos was set up. Nowhere in the report does Mueller include that. Mm-hmm. Second, they talk about the Trump Tower meeting. As Strassel put up in her piece there, the Trump Tower meeting uh, with Veselnitskaya and Don Jr., the Russian lawyer, not mentioning that the Russian lawyer works for Fusion GPS, the company hired by Hillary. I think that's an important detail, Bob. How'd you miss that? You talk about the Cohen stuff and the real estate deal. And Michael Cohen, they were trying to build a Trump Tower in Moscow, Joe. And Michael Cohen emailed the Kremlin. Yeah, from an email they found online that was never returned. So let me get this straight, Joe. Donald Trump and Michael Cohen are colluding with Vladimir Putin, mm. and they're emailing like info at Kremlin.org or whatever, and they're it's getting tra- thrown in the in the email recycling bin. What they do? Sign in. Google. Wow, those are really deep. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Joe. Those are real deep connections they had. He leaves all of that out because Mueller wants you to believe a fake story is true. Found an interesting one this weekend. Washington Examiner has a piece up about Eric Prince. Oh, where have we heard that before? Gosh, I feel so vindicated. I'm not patting myself on the back, but if you've been listening to the show, you heard this probably a year ago, six months ago, if you're right on the inside joke. Here's a piece by Russ Reed, Washington Examiner, in the show notes. Please read the show notes. They're really good. Mueller report. Eric Prince's secret meeting with Russia fell apart after its aircraft carrier, the Russians, that is, went to Libya. Folks, I have documented this meeting six different ways from Sunday. If you read the section of the Mueller report about Eric Prince, why is Eric Prince significant? What does this have to do with, again, our our top line thesis here? Mueller writes about Trump people's connections with Russians, yet leaves out the very same people being connected to Hillary and the Clinton team. You get it? Oh, yeah. He leaves all of that out. He talks about this Eric Prince meeting. Eric Prince, why is he significant? His sister, Betsy DeVos, is the education secretary in the Trump cabinet. Eric Prince is the old founder of Blackwater. Eric Prince goes to the Seychelles and meets with this guy in that Washington Examiner report, Mm -hmm. Kirill Dmitriev. It's about a business deal. It's nothing to do with Russian collusion. Kirill Dmitriev is the head of this thing called the Russian Direct Investment Fund. Follow me here. Mm Mm-hmm. Mueller goes into deep detail about Kirill Dmitriev is connecting to the Russians, his meeting, excuse me, with Eric Prince, Eric Prince, and, you know, insinuating his connection to the Trump team through DeVos and all that. That's all laid out on the liberal left, right? But what they don't tell you is Kirill Dmitriev, the very same Russian head of the Russian Direct Investment Fund, has some pretty significant connections to the Clinton world, too. Here's a snippet from this piece at Salon.com that was done a while ago about the Panama Papers. This is just peachy. But again, you'll find it absolutely nowhere in the Mueller report at all. In the Salon piece, they talk about Kirill Dmitriev's connections to Clinton lobbyist bundlers. Clinton lobbyist bundlers. Mm-hmm. You can see it in the piece. Right there. That's not there. But you can see it. It's a joke. <laughs> My wife gets it. 
It's up there on the screen. There it is. <laughs> Thank you. All right. My dear. Listen to this. In his report on the Clinton machine's ties to Saudi Arabia, Michael Isikoff also notes that two of the Clinton lobbyist bundlers, Richard Sullivan and David Jones, are principals in a firm that, until late last year, represented Joe, uh, 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 the Russia Direct Investment Fund, oh. a sovereign wealth fund co-founded by Vladimir Putin when he was prime minister. That's run by the same guy that they're talking about Eric Prince's meeting with, but they leave all out of the Mueller report that this guy's connected to the Clinton world. None of it's in there, folks. None of it. All right, I'm going to end a little uh, a little bit early today on this note. Uh, Joe DeGeneva, who's a friend of mine and is an abs... What? Did you yell something in there? Oh, sorry. I thought I heard uh, my wife inside yelling at me about something. She was not yelling, for the record. <laughs> I'm glad you all loved my show last week where Paul and I were brawling on you. Listen, this is our <laughs> show, man. This show is different precisely because we show everything. It's the new form of entertainment. Warts you get the all. insight into the <laughs> you warts and all. You get the you go to see the sausage making behind the scenes. <laughs> my wife's the best of. Just a great show. Joe DeGeneva is a real bulldog. You know, let me just wrap that prior thought up. I, mean, I don't think I, uh, just to be just to kind of finish up with the lead again. The Mueller report is a farce, folks. Everything they're talking about, about Trump connections to the Russian team that are not evidence of a crime. It's just a laundry list of innocent, non-criminal interactions with people from Russia. Those same people connected to Papadopoulos, Trump Tower, all of that stuff have deep connections to either friendly Western intelligence assets or the Clinton team, and Mueller leaves all of that out. He has done a huge disservice to this country. All right, moving on. So Joe DeGeneva was on this show on the Hill TV with uh, Chris, Crystal Ball. Uh, that's, that's her name. Uh, it's not a joke. Crystal Ball, I'm not making fun of her name. That's her real name. But people mm -hmm. sometimes think I messed it up. Crystal Ball and my good friend Buck Sexton. DeGeneva is a beast, and I mean that in a good way. He does not take any flack from anyone. So DeGeneva goes on the show, and Crystal Ball is a huge lib and rarely, if ever, uh, has her facts straight. I mean, she's becoming famous on that show for getting destroyed by conservatives. <laughs> Candace Owens ate her lunch on the show so bad it was embarrassing when Crystal Ball was asking her questions about, like, black people because Candace Owens is black. Like, she's supposed to answer for the entire black community. And she's like, why are you asking me that? And Crystal Ball's like, oh, I don't know what to say. So Crystal Ball, who knows not, not one one millionth of what Bill Barr knows about the law or the Mueller report. Bill Barr, our now, I'm confident, excellent attorney general. Crystal Ball tries to impugn the credibility of Bill Barr and his interpretation of the Mueller report. And DeGeneva just absolutely slays here. This is so good. They lay out here the considerations that guided our obstruction yeah. of justice investigation. Number one, first, a traditional prosecution or declination decision entails a binary determination to initiate or decline a prosecution. We determined not to make that, and the very first thing they cite is that guideline from the OLC that a sitting president no, cannot Barr, be indicted. You had that to listen was, to Bill Barr. He said he, said he asked Mueller yeah, but, three but that's times. that's not what's in just, the report. Well, because Andrew Weisman <laughs> wrote the report. Uh, Bill Barr said he asked Mueller three separate times. Did you base your decision on the fact that a sitting president cannot be indicted? And Mueller said, I did not. 
three separate times. I don't know what's in that report. Well, that, that, that what I'm you just read you is kind of. Says. You know, yeah. I taught English before I went to law school. I'd like to kind of take that sentence and parse it because it didn't make sense to me. But I can just tell you this: it, the decision was not based on that. It, it literally says, "Here are the well, considerations that guided our obstruction of justice then investigation." Is Mueller a liar? Well, I'm asking. If Barr is a liar is really the question here because it says very clearly here you know that one of the considerations was... Mueller then should have said, I would have brought charges because there's evidence, but I can't bring charges. That's exactly what he should have done. So let me just say something right now about what you just said. Don't you dare suggest that Bill Barr is a liar. He's, I've known him for 30 years. He's one of the finest lawyers this country has ever produced. He came back out of retirement to serve this country. There's not one shred of evidence that anything he said either the other day or now or today was a lie. Don't ever say that in front of me about Bill Barr. You have no evidence that he lied and you I'm, know it. But I'm telling you. You said he may I, have lied. What I'm telling you is that what he said this today in the press conference is inconsistent with what's in the report. That's not a lie. Uh, that's, okay, fine. It's but not fine. The, You're on national reality. television calling the attorney general a liar. I didn't say that. You're you suggested it mouth. very strongly. All right, well, I think we're done here. I Thanks think we are. Thanks for joining us. Good. <laughs> My man. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Oh, man. Joe D. Woo. Joey D. Slaying on the set there. There you go, big dog. That was just awesome. That's the difference between a guy who's actually practiced law and Crystal Ball, who just does commentary on the law. Crystal, you're in a little bit over your head on that one. That was one <laughs> yeah. of those I watched it and... Oh, man. Reminds me of Candace Owens up on Capitol Hill oh, what is it, two weeks ago with Jerry Nadler. Just again, guys, ladies out there, just to go back to where we were in the beginning of the show. You know, we're the fighters, man. We're the ones out there building this world, making it work, preaching economic capitalism, entrepreneurship, you know, getting dirty, not just talking about it. We need more of this, man. We need more people willing to get their fingernails dirty, step up there on TV and call these people for the constant stream of BS and verbal diarrhea emanating from their mouths. Call them on their BS every time. I'll be on Ingram tonight doing the same thing, debating Han, Chris Han, who's equally clueless about this case. Don't forget it. Hey, one last note before we go. is an excellent piece in the show notes today by John Solomon. I, I neglected to mention it before because we had a lot to get in today. But it's at the Hill, and he talks about, thank you, uh, Paula, my lovely wife. Always, oh, gosh, you're good. It's called, and the winner of the Bob Mueller sweepstakes is Vladimir Putin. In the piece, he lays out again what I was talking about in the middle portion of the show, what Strassel and I and Solomon and I have been talking about the whole time. Bob Mueller's laundry list guilt by association strategy. Mention Trump with Russians. Don't mention Hillary with Russians. And how this was an effort by Vladimir Putin from the start and a Russian disinformation campaign to throw a monkey wrench in our entire campaign. And it worked. Read the piece. It's very good. Maybe I'll address it a little more tomorrow. And again, a final thank you to all of you out there. You laborers and men and women out there built this place, man. God bless you. This country runs because of you. Don't ever aspire to be anything else than you are now. You should be damn proud of yourself. 
Thanks for tuning in, folks. Please check our show out, youtube.com slash Bongino. Check us out also on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, and uh, subscribe to the show. It helps us move up to the charts, uh, move up the charts. We really appreciate it. Thanks again. I'll see you all tomorrow. Take care. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.